Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bigly Blast. What will Arizona think of Jonathan Gannon a decade from now? Will we look back on the folly of yet another first-time inexperienced head coach overpromoted to one of the biggest jobs in sports? We've seen a lot of that in this state from Earl Watson all the way to Cliff Kingsbury. Or will we look back and remember the day that Michael Bidwill found the diamond in the rough, the needle in the haystack, the big winner from a Super Bowl loser, the guy who lost a chance championship game in Arizona and never went home again. It's an important question because yesterday in these very studios, Michael Bidwell said the Cardinals passed up on Sean Payton because the Saints wanted too much draft capital in return, which seems incredibly short-sighted when you are talking about an impact head coach in the NFL and when you see that the Broncos ended up giving not a whole lot to get Payton. But it might mean that Michael Bidwell thinks Payton is a good head coach, but not that good. It might mean his new GM, Monty Ford, told Bidwell, Hey man, have you seen the roster? Have you seen what the last guy left behind? I really need those draft picks. And it might mean that Peyton was never coming here in the first place. Either way, it's another added wrinkle to the hiring of Gannon, whom, to his credit, is saying all the right things. And it's not just what he's saying, it's how he's saying it. So much that he just told us minutes ago that he's talking too much. <laughs> and of all the things Gannon has said, I think I like that the most. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable. They've got two great locations. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. The issues around um, uh, around Coach Payton were, had nothing to do with the money, the compensation that we would be paying him. It was all the compensation, the, the draft compensation to right. the Saints. And we just weren't willing to go with, with what the Saints wanted uh, us to give up. It would, would have been too costly to the team for us to rebuild that roster. And, and it was really a series of trade-offs. And I still felt like we've got great coaches out there that can, that can you know, get this team turned around. I think we were right when you look at JG. And this process now being over, Jonathan Gannon getting the job, just joining us on Newsmakers Week, really enjoyed the conversation there. But you have contended from very early on that Sean Payton had uh, an agenda. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, part of that agenda, use them maybe to drive up his price. I think so. Um, And look, I I think at the beginning of of all of this, we were both in the, yes, if you have a chance to bring Sean Payton in here, bring it in. That might expedite the healing process for the Arizona Cardinals. But you know what? He's in Denver. Jonathan Gannon's mm-hmm. here, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Well, uh, see, and this again, this is the power of having a guy coming in and communicating openly and with clarity and with conviction. Again, these are layups. These are batting practice home runs. Mm-hmm. And and the, the trick is having a guy like Jonathan Gannon who is good with hitting them. And it, and it goes a long, long way. Just look at look at the way he's influenced people already, just through the force of words. And again, I, like I said at the end of the blast, I love the tail end of our interview when he's like, you know what? I, I've been making a lot of people happy the way I'm talking, but I'm sick of talking because I know it only means so much. And this is the thing. I, I you know, I, I know you have a good BS meter as well. Yeah. I can tell the people who are faking it till they make it. I don't get that vibe from him. 
As much as it's – and I know your opening question was at the preposterous nature of this, that this is a guy that literally told a television station from Philadelphia, yeah, Eagles fans, I'm not going anywhere. Good or bad, love me or hate me, yeah. I'm coming back. Because at the time of that interview, Houston had zeroed in yep. on D'Amico Ryans, yep. and he kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yep. I was you know, a little bit hesitant to even ask that question because mm-hmm. you never know what the reaction is going to be. But there was an – you know, he admitted, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised with the way things shook out. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's not ready. No. We Monty Ossenfort told a great story uh, and and Michael Bidwell kind of backed that story up about his preparation going through general manager interviews, not getting any of those jobs, but then preparing interviewing coaches b- before you even have a general manager job just to, A, find out about them as candidates, but also to kind of polish up your skills when you are actually making that those decisions and, and holding those those interviews. Um, that was impressive. Jonathan Gannon, obviously, he might might have been surprised with this whirlwind of him coming becoming the Arizona Cardinals coach, but one thing that has stood out from the moment he was introduced, mm-hmm. this is a man who has had a plan. He's had very clear-cut goals and a timetable table for those goals, and I think that's a big reason why he's here. The the fact, yes, and and, and so to me, it's this it's this juxtaposition between a guy who was told after his lowest professional moment after the Super Bowl that you're not going home with us, you're sticking around, you're interviewing for this job, and and I'm sure it wasn't presented to, to him that forcefully unless it was in the context of you're getting this job, mm-hmm. you're getting this job. So, but the more I hear him talk now. And this is—I don't know how many times I've I've listened to his press conferences. I walk away going, if I were Michael Bidwill, I would have walked away going, hire this guy, hire this guy, because everything he's saying it it, it makes perfect sense, and yet he seems smart enough to know that there's got to be real consequences to all of this. There's got to be real action behind this stuff. You can't talk accountability and then and, and then not deliver it. And so, and he, I liked his answer with us that look, if guys are playing well and meeting the standard, they're not they're going to get nothing but love from me. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, it's going to be a little different. So we're going to have to see that. But but it can be done. It's just generally what I thought you needed an experienced coach to do. You know what they say? You know, it's it's like, and it's the question with Drew Petzing. He's a thirty five year old dude as a quarterbacks coach who just came from that. Um, that fiasco in Cleveland, it's anybody will tell you, you, you got to be an experienced driver to handle a moody sports car, right? You mm-hmm. get into a Testarossa, you got to have some ability working a clutch. I'll take right? your word for it. <laughs> no, I don't take Te- my word. Testa what? <laughs> right? A you, you're not going to give it to like somebody with a learner's permit. Like it, like Edgerwin James, when he bought that sports car, he couldn't drive it. And it sat outside the team hotel for a week. Yeah, he's, he, he's a hard lesson. Oh, man. Crap. You mean I just don't put it in park or in drive? No, dude. It's a little different, man. So to me, um, I, I, I look at this, and the more I hear him talk, the more I'm, the more I'm buying this. And, and my better, my second nature, my skeptical nature, my journalistic nature, yeah, there's, there's things that go off, and you go, okay, time out. We've heard this before. But – Again, it, there's an element of intelligence to the guy, preparedness to the guy, energy to the guy. 
I'm digging it. Yes, I am digging it too. Just announced Guns N' Roses heading to Chase Field October 11th. Tickets go on sale today at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by texting ROSES to 620-620 once again. That's ROSES to 620-620. When the man most responsible for Phoenix being the sports market that it is right now has a good feeling about something, you tend to pay attention to that feeling. We'll elaborate on that more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on this Friday, Arizona Sports the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. Well, he did, and that, that really impressed me. Um, and I was impressed by him as an individual. And I think rather than comparisons, it's more about who this young man is. And you described, described him well. Uh, therefore, I'm very upbeat about the future. Uh, I think the franchise is in good hands. I, I was impressed with his brother, who's going to be part of that management team. And uh, so there's a comfort level. And I kind of sense that from a lot of people in the community when I see them. They want to know if, if I've had an opportunity to meet meet with them. I have. Uh, the door's wide open. Whenever they want counsel of any kind or advice or opinions, I told them I'm, I'm happy to do that. I care. There's, I couldn't care more. That is Jerry Colangelo wow. on with us yesterday. Wow. Uh, he's, he spent two segments with us yesterday for Newsmakers Week talking about his early interactions with the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia, his brother mm-hmm. Justin Ishbia, who's going to be very involved in decision-making, as you heard Jerry say. Um, and you want to talk about a reassuring feeling. Oh, yeah. The very last thing that Jerry Colangelo said in that soundbite, couldn't be more happy, my door is always open. And that's one part of this equation. The part that is reassuring, I think, to a lot of Suns fans is that door being open that will Matt Ishbia and his team will be very aware of that, and oh, yeah. I think they're going to walk through that door several times yeah. to make sure they're doing things the right way. Not to say well, that Matt Ishbia doesn't have his own plan yeah. and his own vision, this vision is, for this franchise, but lean into it. It was a resource that Robert Sarver, for whatever reason, never felt compelled to tap into, which really was a silly mm-hmm. mistake. Jerry not only is of a very generous spirit, but he's also incredibly well connected. So if you've got an issue and you've got a problem or if you want to sign a player if you want to he, he, i mean he's he's just he's the guy right everyone knows it yeah. and so to kind of leave an asset like that sitting it was really absurd for the previous owner but whatever the the fact that the fact what jerry said at the end of that that you hear people constantly say i couldn't care less uh, whether you're denigrating somebody or deflecting criticism or this you hear that you hear that phrase all the time you hear people butcher it by saying i, I could, could care, care less, less. Yeah. to hear somebody <laughs> say i couldn't care more you don't, I don't hear that very often. You don't hear that very often at all. In fact, I'm not sure I've ever heard it before yeah. Jerry uttered those and words I, yesterday. And I completely believe it when yeah. it comes to Jerry Colangelo and the Phoenix Suns. Well, and he also, in our conversation, reflected again on what it would mean for the, the Suns to win a championship. It, you know, not A team not under his watch anymore, but a team that... We talked about the origins of the Phoenix Suns, and Jerry Colangelo helped give birth to that baby that's 55 years old now, and here we are again talking about the Suns as a legit threat. They're, we're not... I, I don't think... The talk is very loud about the Suns maybe winning a championship this season 
if not for Matt Ishbia's influence on day one and pushing forth the engineering of this mm-hmm. trade to get Kevin Durant. But um, here we are. And, and again, we're going to have to wait a, a few more days to see Kevin Durant actually put the uniform on and play with the Suns. But you get the feeling with, with all the speculation and all the talk and all the experts breaking down the X's and O's and the analytics of everything, it's going to be worth the wait. Without a doubt. Uh, and again, so I, I, if you're a Suns fan and you're starting to get reflexively anxious about when's he playing, just chill out. It, w- w- all that matters is if he starts playing, he will. And and it's close, as James Jones said. And, w- and what it happens, it, it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch because I said this earlier, if, you're t- if you were talking about hardcore basketball players, guys who are not prone to laugh, smile on a court, KD, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they are all the same. They are all hardcore dudes who love nothing more than basketball, who couldn't care more about <laughs> basketball, right? But 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 don't have the goofiness. They're 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 just out to destroy you. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what's going to be fun about this because it, it, say what you want about KD, he doesn't mind putting his face in the fan. He he doesn't mind mixing it up. No. Whether it's on social media, whatever. Remember with that one time somebody do, somebody told him to calm down on Twitter, and he said, dude, the second I get on this app, I'm on 11. Deal with it. <laughs> so, so again, this is the, and the impact that it might have on DA. There's no, there's no way it couldn't because DA can't get away with all the goofy stuff that he does in this crowd compared to the previous crowd. You just can't. He's, right now he's down to like one legit pregame dance partner. And that's Cameron Payne. You're right. But he lost. You're I mean, right. He, he lost, lost his main guy. He lost his main guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so this is. Uh, I can't wait to see it. And again, I do think that again, if Matt Ishbia comes in, and there are a lot of similarities to Jerry Colangelo. People who don't know, Jerry Colangelo played college basketball at Illinois. Was going to go to Kansas to play with Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt ejected himself from college basketball, and Jerry ended up at U of I. Uh, there's, a, there's a picture of of you guys with. Jerry and Michael Bidwell yesterday. Yeah. You don't realize how tall Jerry Colangelo is. Oh, yeah. In that picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big guy. Especially next to us three. Well, I guess that's that's fair. But, but, I mean, you you can tell Uh that he used to play basketball. Yeah, yeah. And so so Matt Ishby has got kind of the same story here. A young guy who, who, I don't remember what age Jerry was when he got to Phoenix. I know it was less than 43, but he was still a young man like Matt Ishby is. Yes. And he's got the basketball background. And, and clearly, here's the thing, too, about Matt Ishby that I'm very encouraged by is that he, he is, Matt Ishby has total allegiance to Tom Izzo, a, a, an iconic basketball, old school basketball coach in the Midwest. So if he feels that way about Tom Izzo, he's going to feel the exact same way about every other person who's basketball royalty. That's kind of the way it works. And so Jerry There's a real reverence for the game. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and, and And that's either real or it's not. Jerry Colangelo was 29 when he became general manager yeah. of the Suns. Wow. What? Rolled into, rolled into town. I think he had 300 bucks in his pocket. Yeah. I yeah. Wanna, Listen. I, I want to look up the old uh, the old newspaper articles from then, the columns. What are the Suns doing hiring a 29-year-old GM? He was actually, but, but again, he was actually a super, he was, he was considered to be the young and rising executive at that time for the work he had done with the Bulls. We had yeah. told those stories yesterday. The Bucks wanted to hire him, which is ironic. Yeah. 
Sorry, Nick Rollis, you're not that impressive anymore. You're just a defensive <laughs> You're just a defensive Right. And yeah, it says here, yeah, Wikipedia, he had $200 in his wallet. When wow. He, yeah, he was, yeah. Well, if it's on Wikipedia, I think Wikipedia is shorting Jerry 100 bucks from what I remember, but whatever. It's good. Inflation. It's good. Inflation. It'll catch you, yeah. I think it was 300 bucks in five suitcases. Some places it gets 200 bucks in six suitcases. You know, it changes. The math changes with each retelling. One of the things about news, obviously there's a lot to love about Newsmakers Week. You get to talk to, you know, a, a lot of different people about a lot of different subjects, but one of the, the regrets I have is that you can't just spend more time on, with these subjects. Mm-hmm. Jerry Colangelo's, every time you get done talking with Jerry Colangelo, you're like, I wish I had more time, Yeah, you know? That, that was definitely one of I my takeaways. I your eyes history. were a little wider. You knew you were in the presence of... Uh, I'll, I'll, I admitted it to you. <laughs> I'll admit it on the air. I think that was true As for most people Somebody who grew up in Phoenix and knows what that man means to this city as mm-hmm. a sports entity. Mm-hmm. There's a reverence there. There's I, I'm intimidated in his presence, quite honestly. And I don't mean that as an insult. I, I, don't, I haven't spent as much time with Jerry Colangelo as you have. Yeah. Uh, but there's always, yeah, I'm, I'm on my P's and Q's yeah. when Jerry well, listen, Colangelo's around. The, one of the things that, that I noticed from getting a lot of behind-the-scenes access is just the, the complete respect modern-day basketball players have for that man. They sense his power. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm a modern-day basketball yeah. player. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Coming up next, we continue Newsmakers Week. We will talk Coyotes with the one and only Shane Doan, Ooh. Chief Hockey Development Officer, who joins in us in studio, studio next. Yes. He's going to beat you up, Barry. Oh, no. We don't have to deal with his phone today. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Don't score! Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one-hopper on that. He scores! The captain. Coyote's legend Shane Doan. Up early to talk Coyote's hockey with Bickley and Murata. Shot by Shane Doan. He scores! Yes, uh, Shane Doan joins us for his weekly visit. Uh, I, I understand a two segment visit with Shane Doan. And we no, don't have to worry no. about a phone connection today, <laughs> Donor, because he's in the studio with us. The second segment, we're going to open the door to the producer and unleash Donor on Jerry. Yes. yes. Uh, no, I no, am no, going to no. get him. Remember the, day, us, right? remember the day you, that Gamble oh. thought he could mess with you? Remember that? When Gamble's oh, like, I'll yeah. take you on. You're just a hockey Look, player. Laugh for nothing. Boxer. Let's mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> and you had him in a headlock in a nanosecond. And he's like, stop! Uh, well, he th- he real. I realized that in a boxing match, you might be able to beat me because that's points generated, right? But in a fight, it's different. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a little different. Yeah, I mean, there's less science in the hockey fight, probably. I, we've ta- we've talked about hockey fights. I'd still take you in a boxing match. Oh, oh without a doubt, there's a big difference in weight class. Oh yeah, big, yeah. and I mean that in a good way. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, thanks, yeah. thanks, right. Rick. I appreciate yeah, that. Of course, yeah. uh, we uh, had the opportunity. We we. We talked to Javier Gutierrez. We talked to Bill Armstrong. We had uh, Bear in studio the first time we met him in person. And um, we mentioned the fact that... Is it? That was the first time I met him in person. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't mean to speak for you. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I didn't mean to to interrupt you. Go on. No, but when we talked to you and... And you always give your your, you know, your reverence, your thoughts on Andre Turney with what he's done. And now it, it makes it always made sense. It makes more sense. I mean, that seems to be the perfect guy at the controls uh, as a head coach of a, of a rebuilding team. It, it, 
I can't stress it enough how impressed I am by him. I mean, that is, give Bill huge props for finding a guy like Andre. I got to know him before we, before we signed him at the World Championships and got to spend some time with him over there and was so impressed. But it's the consistency of the daily message is always the same. There's a saying that if you want to, if you want to be found serious or if you want to be taken serious you have to be consistent and he does it in spades that guy is and yet he's relational he's all about understanding the human side of the of the guys and he holds people accountable like he does not they they love him except they know that hey this is the rules you abide by them and you do it and you play a certain way and you'll be rewarded and if you don't There'll be consequences, and it's amazing how good he is. Now, Jared, did you hear that? If you want to be taken seriously, <laughs> be consistent. Do you, have a, do you have a pen? I don't want to be. I don't want to be taken seriously. <laughs> Andre Turigny, he's sitting here talking, and he's kind of disarming because yeah. he comes off as a very. But then you, you kind of you see the hardcore in oh, the yeah. eyes. You can yeah. see it; it's there. Oh yeah. yeah, and he is. He's very dis. But he has a. He's a driver. Like he's a guy that just. He pushes people, and he doesn't. He doesn't back down. It's fun to watch practice when he decides that that's enough. Like he's, he'll have fun with guys. He he enjoys the guys. But if there's you know two or three passes are not being you know executed properly, if the drill's not going the way that he wants, it's not a. It, there's a there's bark to there's a little bite to the bark. Gotcha. And it's Good. it's fun to watch. Shane Doan joining us in studio for his uh, weekly visit here on uh, Newsmakers Week, and part of the news with the Coyotes, unfortunately, the streak is over, but. Nine straight games with, with a point, with uh, and a couple of those games too, they get the point, they lose in overtime, but just overcoming huge deficits. Which uh, I mean, it's not the recipe for success that you want to sustain, but it just goes to show the fight in this team. You know what? And 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 at this point of the season, when the situation isn't, you know, it's not like you're looking here. I think we were 18 points out of the wild card in spot, so it's not. It's it's a little difficult, but. I give the guys credit. Clayton Keller and then Schmaltzy and those guys, Krauser, um, they've been putting their nose down and just keep going. And it doesn't matter what's happening or going on around them. They keep showing up. And uh, I'm impressed, so impressed. And like you said, the 5-1 game in L.A., L.A.'s got a really good defensive team. They don't give up a lot. Um, they do a really good job of, of locking games down and yeah. for us to come back in that game well, is huge. The, and the running joke is the re, the rebuild is going so well, the team can't even tank properly. <laughs> That's what the joke has become. <laughs> Well, obviously, um, that's uh, that's that's, we're in a situation where uh, everyone's aware of who the guy is that's available at the first pick, and uh, there's an element that there's probably a few teams that would like that pick, and uh, yeah, we're probably one of the teams that, if the situation was right, yeah, we'd like that pick. Well, your GM even walked in here, and his first words out of his mouth were, "I think was we're on a heater, boys." Uh, (laughs) As only a true Canadian can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. there's a lot. There's a lot of heaters up in Canada. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked to you about the uh, the subject of the T word a lot mm-hmm. over the years. It's not just a hockey thing. We're starting to see it kick in in basketball at this time of the schedule. We've seen it recently in, in football. But one of those things that the T word doesn't take take into account is the guys on the ice. There's so much professional pride uh, for for these guys that are that are competing and. 
the the future is uncertain for those guys. So of course they're going to play hard. I, I, I mean, <laughs> every single player I believe thinks they can win if they play their best game. Like you, you have to have that deep inside you that if I play my best, I'm better than everybody. And I think that there's no way around that that you have to have that in your players in order for them to make it to the to the highest level in their sports. And so when you put a group of guys on the ice that when they believe that and their coach instills that that if you're your best you can beat anyone it starts to grow and uh it, to watch it and to it's not every night because i mean that's the difference i think is um when you the elite elite players if they don't bring their best game they can still win yeah but there if you're in the if you're a professional hockey player baseball player basketball player football player if you bring your absolute a game you could beat anybody that's how close the the whole every league is and bear just gets the most out of his guys you know here's the difference and you you can speak to this better than anybody because you were in this dressing room there was a time when don maloney and dave tippett lost their relationship over the t-word where the gm wanted to the head coach was insulted by it nothing was ever the same after that and you could understand don's intentions at that time we all want the same thing a better tomorrow it seems like there's a there's an acknowledgement that everything about the coyotes right now is temporary from the rink they play in to 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 the to where they're at in the standings and all that but there's also this there it, it seems there's the spirit of cooperation that everyone understands and believes that there's something better on the other side yeah and, and, and obviously the you don't want to be where we're at for very long like yeah. we're, we're the situation is is probably not ideal for as a fan to be cheering for the team to win a Stanley Cup. It's going to be tough for the next couple of years. But at the same time, um, you look at the way that the league is, and especially in the NHL, it you have to build through the draft. And people have come in and, and maybe thought that they could do it different ways. But that's the only way you can do it is that you have to go through you the gotta, draft. You got and you've got to be able to roll one elite line after another after another. You, you see this in the NHL playoffs. You, you get in the first round, you go, okay, the Coyotes could hang with them, and then you get deeper and deeper and deeper, and you're like, okay, you get to these teams that, that get all the way through it, and it's one, it's relentless. It is, and it's their blue line, it's their goaltending. There isn't a weakness anywhere in their group. The, you look at what, you go to Tampa Bay, and, and you see what they've done. You look at what Colorado's done in the last little bit, and it is. It's, it's nine, ten forwards deep of elite players, and on the blue line, it's five D-men deep and they got an all-star goalie like yeah. other than that you're, you're, <laughs> you're fine. other than that, yeah, you're, right. yeah there's not a lot of holes and that's and that's and that's hard and you go through those teams too and they are built their their drivers as the people that push them forward are all homegrown mm-hmm. it's andre tyranny was talking the other day about goaltending and and how in the since the since the salary cap era I think there's only been three, two or three goalies that haven't been homegrown to win the Stanley Cup, wow. which blew me away. I, I argued with them for a little bit before I we went through it, and I was like, holy cow, Darcy Kemper was one last yeah. year, and then Dominic Hasek was back with Detroit. But the rest have pretty much all been through... And and Tim Thomas is in there where he he didn't play for another NHL team, but he came on board and play, was in the minors for for Boston, and then kind of came up with them. Um, and so he was a little bit older, 
but he was homegrown. He was through their system, and it's crazy because everyone thinks you got to trade for a goalie and win the Stanley Cup. Mm. That is, I didn't it's, even realize. It's that. crazy. That's, that's nuts. Donor's going to hang out with us for another segment here on Newsmakers Week, and, and we got to get him uh, mano a mano with with Jarrett in some form. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Do you want to arm wrestle him, Jarrett? <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm saving my stuff for the sports kebab in an hour. Or so. Oh, when, yeah. When after Shane's, he leaves, Shane's not here. After he leaves, yeah. 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 fashion. Yeah. Uh, we'll continue our discussion with Shane Doe next year on Newsmakers Week. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings, the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, Newsmakers Week continues. Our final day, our cavalcade of guests includes uh, Shane Doan, Coyote's Chief Hockey Development Officer, who joins us in studio. Uh, Dona, thanks for hanging out for a second segment. Appreciate it. Yes. Um, when we had Bill Armstrong in earlier this week, I asked him about, all right, you know, progress on a rebuild. And, and the rebuild is certainly acknowledged by everybody with the Coyotes. We've talked to you about it on, on several occasions. He said 40%. And that seems like uh, there's a lot to go. It could change quickly. But I always go back to 2000. 2012, and that was, I think, uh, and maybe you'll disagree with me. That to me was the epitome of what we could see Phoenix being an NHL hockey city. And I remember getting ready to go to my sister's house for a playoff viewing party to watch the Coyotes, and I'm buying chips and dips. And somebody at the at a supermarket says, "You having a party to watch the Coyotes?" And I was like, "What? What city am I in? <laughs> what would that mean to you when the when the Yotes get back to that organization or, or get, get back to that level yeah. as an organization?" Oh man, I mean, I believe that at my core that this. That could be this city if you do it right. Like that is, there is no question in my mind. I, and obviously because we lived through it a little bit, mm-hmm. but also the the city as a whole is such, um, and it doesn't, there's no way around it. We're, the city's an event-based city where we support winners. We do because there's so many options. Like yes. you can, you don't just have to go and be a, a, a Suns fan or a Cardinals fan. You can be a Diamondbacks fan. You could go to the Phoenix Open. You can go over to the NASCAR event. You can have the Fiesta Bowl or the Super Bowl comes to town. So it's all these other things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not and you've witnessed it with the Suns, when the Suns weren't very good, they didn't get very many people. And no. now you can't not you can't get into a game because mm-hmm. they've done a good job, and you look at what J- James Jones have done, and and it's just and Monty Williams, what an incredible job they've done in that group. It's fun to watch. Uh, I went to playoff games. I went to the Suns playoff games because I like to go to see a winner play. And if yeah. we can do that mm-hmm. as an organization and do it right, this place is more attractive than pretty much any other city in the NHL, the NBA. It's an amazing... There's a reason why 220,000 people move into Maricopa mm-hmm. County every single year because it's a great place to live. And so if you do it right, it will be supported, but you have to do it right. You know what else the Valley supports, donor? Air conditioning. <laughs> and going into a cold <laughs> rink in May... 
there's something really cool about that here. Oh, yeah. I, I experienced it in your last run, right, when you guys yeah. got to the Western Conference Finals. I remember it's it's like a hundred and hell outside, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you roll into a rink, and you're like, ooh, this is a good sensation. I like this, right? So uh, the playoff hockey would hit here better than most places, I would think. And then secondarily, the, the shame of it all is anybody who's watched playoff hockey, especially in person, you know there's nothing like it. So the one thing this audience and this market has missed is the very thing that can make this place elevate really quickly as a sports town, and that is a steady diet of hockey at its best. Mm-hmm. And 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 as you guys have mentioned, that year, that run, if you had followed it up, like once, like you need to get some consistent. Like yeah. it goes back to what we said as in, as we joked with Jared about being taken seriously. You have yes. to be consistent, Such and a that's point. and that's really what it it really is. Like you have to find a way to whet the appetite and then keep giving them a little bit more and a little bit more and have that future and that hope of like, oh, we're going in the right direction. That's what's making the sun so great. Like right now, we can't stop talking about it because, hey, they got Kevin Durant and that future looks good. And so because of it, let's talk more. Let's get more excited about it. Let's bring in more about it. Let's talk. And that's, Mm -hmm. we just have to find a way to do that. And it's not easy. In hockey, it's hard and you have to do it the right way. I started thinking about that subject and I started thinking about, you know, your early days in Arizona when you had you know you were part of that group with Jeremy oh you remember Morgan those teams but you guys were a playoff team every year and there was a buzz there was a lot of talk about the Coyotes but I, I started to think about it even more uh, and it was an exciting time with, with you guys moving from Winnipeg to Arizona I'd never have asked you this question I don't think if I have tell me to shut up had you been to Arizona? No. Before? I mean, that was, it was unbelievable. When we landed here, so we flew in for the All Star break the year that we moved, the year before we moved down. Um, the ownership flew us all down, families, everyone. And when we landed, we had a big convention at the, at the convention center. It was crazy. I got off, I got given, I got given a cactus. I'm 19 years old. I'm going back to, I'm going back to Winnipeg. Did you water it? I, yeah, I didn't know what to do. I, 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 I think I left it in my hotel, which they- is awesome. Awful, but they give you they would have given you grief trying to bring it back yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this but it's great and it's I had no idea that I would fall in love with the valley and the the state the way I have and when I came I, and then I remember well, coming driving, from that beautiful cosmopolitan city of Winnipeg I mean uh, of course you do you would have you'd be skeptical yeah. no that's gonna make headlines I'm sorry keep going I remember driving past uh, it was like a crosswalk and as we we're driving, my wife and I were, were driving past a, a crosswalk and with the real estate agent, they were kind of showing us around and I look over and the, and the buttons like in Scottsdale, some of the buttons are up like at six and a half, seven feet high. And I'm like, why the heck is a button way up there? <laughs> and they're like, well, this is for, we have horses crossing and, and they put the crosswalk button in some spots, of, some parts of Scottsdale really high to put, I was like, wait. You can ride horses and like through the town, and that's where the love affair like, started. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is my place. Oh, oh. Yeah, this is my place. I found my forever home. Yeah, you first find out there's like cattle tracks in the road. Oh, like, it's Whoa. crazy! It's crazy! It's so. And hey, I agree. And when we when we did come down, it was it like downtown. I mean, you guys remember it? Mm-hmm. It was Jared the dog. I think made it a couple times. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was up in the it was. 
just a great place to play hockey. Like, and the fans and the people were so behind us. The whiteout was amazing, yeah. and it happened repetitively year after year. And we kind of always thought we were going to break through. And you look at that team, and we had a great team. Um, it was exciting. It's a great place to watch hockey unless you were in section two hundred one row A. Yeah. <laughs> then it you're was, not seeing the goal, my no. man. But, and, but other than that, it was fabulous. And you might, <laughs> and you might got a hit by a puck yeah, because right. it didn't have netting up for the first like game when we played. It was the scariest thing it's, we we whoa. played in the exhibition game. I don't remember that. Oh my goodness. I still sweat when both that exhibition game. There's fans staring up at the screen and guys taking a shot, getting deflected, (laughs) and the puck is whizzing by their ear and they don't even know till it hits the clock. And they're like, what was that? Like and then the next game they put up the netting, but it was like, Oh my goodness. This is crazy. And then the whole league went wild. Do you know what that insane maniac Jeremy Roenick used to do? You you remember the old Chicago Stadium, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so the press box was in the intermediate level behind one of the goals, we'd all be sitting there with our laptops. He'd fire pucks up into the press box at us. <laughs> Seriously. All of a sudden, boom! He's like, whoa! Sounds like, okay. Like, okay, you almost killed me. Oh, I know. It's funny, isn't it? You got off easy. You just yeah, ruined your computer. That doesn't right. kill you. It just hurts a lot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, goals for the rest of the season for, for the Coyotes, uh, we talked about them being on a, on a heater, and, and there, you know, there are some players developing. We've talked to you recently about Clayton Keller kind of developing into that dependable goal scorer, but what, what do you see as goals for the rest of the season? Well, I, well, you go to the coaches' side, and the coaches, uh, that's I get to be around those guys a lot, and they got to get better every day. That's their whole, That's and that's been the message from day one, is we have to be better tomorrow than we were today. Mm-hmm. And you go through that group, and you look at he looked like a Valimaki, a guy that they brought in as uh, picked up off waivers, who's a legit defenseman and is having a great year. You go to Michelli, who is that kid is special. He is, I think he's leading all all uh, all rookies in assists. He's got twenty eight points in thirty or twenty five points in in thirty three, thirty four games. He's just a rookie. He's going to be a good player, and I'm excited to see what we can do. And uh, I know Bears going to push him, and they're going to keep they're going to keep driving. You know this uh, because a lot of Canadians live in the valley. A lot of ex hockey players live in the valley. A lot of current hockey players and coaches live here, which means sometimes you'll run into the Stanley Cup up in the valley because it gets passed around. People yeah. who win it, you know, you get a day with it. So sometimes you might be at a restaurant in the valley and there's a dude with his day with the Stanley Cup, right? It's happened to me. And you're like, oh, wow, cool. Can you imagine if that cup ever does come to the Coyotes given, we talk about the great stories left in sports and we always do it through the context of the Suns. After all the stuff that you two have seen, <laughs> could you imagine? And the other guy I'm talking about is Rich Nair and the fine vice president of everything <laughs> yeah, with the yeah. Coyotes. That's been here since been like, here, like he's the been whole here, time. Right, he's yeah. been here the whole time. I right. get yeah. to use that phrase. He's seen a lot of bleep. He's seen a lot of bleep. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, you know what? And there's an element of it that for that group, there's about six or seven guys that have been through the right from almost the very, very beginning. For that group, for there to be a chance to win it would be so special because it. Uh, I think when you when you struggle and struggle and and get told that it can't be done and it can't be done and if you ever found a way to do it, I think it just means that much more. And not saying that it's not. You look at like the Montreal Canadiens have won twenty three titles. The Yankees have won. What are they at twenty three, twenty four? Right around the same. Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. You look at even the Lakers and the and the Celtics. They're great. Like it's great. It's amazing when they won it. But. When Milwaukee won it, and yeah. what, the, what, yeah. what happened oh, yeah. in Milwaukee, like that was unbelievable. And I know the Lakers, Cubs like, winning it, yeah, the Cubs winning it, and 
back. I mean, that's all of a sudden you're just like, man. Mm-hmm. It can't you, you happen. Got, you got a dream. Yeah. You got a dream. You got well, to keep Look dreaming. how close you guys were back in whatever year yeah, that was. 2012. Yeah. yeah. And that was, uh, uh, yeah, that, oh, that was, that was probably the hardest moment I've ever had when I, when I, and I, you knew after we didn't win that, that when we lost that game against LA, that that was probably my only chance I was going to get and hold was that a tough day. That was a hard, <laughs> that was a tough night that night that to try was, to figure, yeah. figure yeah. be like, oh, Pure I work. think that was it. That was like Shane Doan, we've, like we've never seen him yeah. before or heard him yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 thing you've ever said, man. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. Donor, thanks for uh, coming Thank to hang brother. out with us. Hey, appreciate I it. appreciate it and I'm glad I didn't have to see Jared the whole time. I know. Well, Sarah what? was, I got to see Sarah. She came in and said hi, which was very appreciative. Right. But which Jared, is more Jared. Did, did, yeah. did Jared even get out of no, his seat? Well, no, he's still me? sitting back there hiding in the corner. He's scared. Can, can you hear me, Shane, Not without your head, headphones on? Can you hear me? Can you hear me right now? Wait, put those on real quick, Shane. No, right, because what is it? That, Come did, on, Jared. that just reminded me, you said about not seeing. I actually went to a bunch of those games at the old arena that were obstructed view. <laughs> you could not see the opponent's goal. Luckily, I didn't miss any Shane Doan play. <laughs> oh, oh. Jared, and from the back I row. I thought you had to go to break, Ferry. Oh, we do have to go to break. Thank you, Jared. Missed you, big man. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. Shane Doan joining us for a Newsmakers Week. The 9 o'clock hour starts. We'll hit some social studies with Sarah Cazell straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.